Hey everyone, as you can probably tell from the title, I'm planning on unveiling a new series on the show called The Counselor's Corner. Now, this is also reflective on how I believe the direction of We The Students podcast is head towards, which is more of something like a network style with diverse series from The David and Cal Show to The Counselor's Corner to any future series that we might think of. Not only does this allow for a more consistent publishing schedule and the possibility for more shows by different hosts, but it also represents the theme of We The Students. After all, it is called We The Students, not I The Student. I can envision the podcast with multiple hosts conducting podcasts on multiple styles and purposes. I mean, the possibilities are endless. You could have a book review podcast by a book club, uh, a debate style podcast, perhaps even podcasts led by teachers. But anyways, what exactly is the Counselor's Corner, and why do I want it? I think we can all agree that counselors are an amazing source of experience and knowledge. They've seen thousands of students from every background, uh, I mean across all the grades, sometimes even across schools. I mean, it makes sense that they'd have plenty of advice, stories, uh, insights to share about pretty much everything that has to do with high school. Additionally, this is also provided for an audience group that aren't students. While these podcasts were created originally as a resource for students, I hope we can expand our target audience by incorporating teachers, administrators, and especially parents. Parents of high school students or incoming high school students are naturally disconnected with their children's school environment. After all, they aren't with them 24-7. So the purpose of this series on We The Students is not only providing entertaining and informative content for students to enjoy and learn, but for parents to utilize. So for today, for a pilot episode of The Counselor's Corner, I sit down with the counselor who first suggested this series for the podcast, Mr. Kurt Smoot. I I envision not only students are using this podcast, but perhaps teachers and parents with incoming high school students. Absolutely. And I think that's when I first, um, so I guess this comes to like the actual bulk of our podcast, right? Okay. The, the, when you first mentioned you wanted to do uh, something with counselors, I, I immediately agreed because I knew my audience was not just going to be students, or hopefully not just going to be students. It was going to be adults and teachers, specifically parents as well. I was hoping to capture that audience more as well. Mm-hmm. Parents of incoming high school students or of parents with high school student children that would like to know more about the dynamics of high school. Uh, because a lot of times, and I think you would agree with me, um, it's it's a lot of nuances that go on with high school, or just a lot of information out there that I don't uh, think uh, that parents could sometimes fear about. I mean, you have college board going on, you got AP, you know, you have to be careful about, you know, oh, but does my kid have enough extracurriculars, um, stuff like that. But you know, do d- you know that stereotype of of panic? panicking parents that come to you that's like oh my god there's so much information all the time yeah no absolutely you know i remember going back to 1996 when i got are you recording yeah yeah i've been recording all oh okay i I go back to 1996 when i first started working here right at merced high not knowing anyone having moved from the coast and you know those first oh my goodness uh first nearly 10 years um of working with families and students but not having a child of my own. Hmm. So right. uh, during that time period, I, I didn't understand completely. I had an idea, but it wasn't until I had my own kid that I really started to understand what it felt like being a parent of a student in school. 
Mm, yeah. Uh, now, yeah. my kid's a, a year away. He'll be coming here next year, and, and I'm already thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be here to be able to help guide him, but I'm still nervous. Um, there's still questions I have, even though I work here, things that I don't necessarily know about some of the stuff that goes on in the classroom. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do what I can, but I, I think you're absolutely right. I, anytime we have an opportunity to share with families and students about school, um, we need to give it a go. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've, we've, um, we'll annually conduct uh, back to school night. We'll have parent night for incoming freshmen, but always the, the attendance isn't where we would like it to be. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the boundaries has made it difficult for some of our families to get here, uh, their work schedule and yeah. other schedules they have. So um, a chance to reach them without them physically having to be here. Yeah. I, th- I think it reaches, it can reach a number of families that would, I believe, benefit from the information. Yeah, and that's, that's you know, again, yet another reason why this podcast and counselor, this Counselor Corner series fits so perfectly well, right? Absolutely. Podcasts are, you know, naturally an accessible platform that you can listen on a car drive, right? I can imagine parents, you know, listening on this podcast, you know, while they maybe pick up their kid from school or, mm-hmm. or drive them to school. Sure. Right, but... You, I think both both you and I would agree there's a natural disconnect between parents and information about the school, right? Because, well, information about their kid's life in school as well. Because naturally, parents aren't with them 24-7. I mean, sure. you know, eight hours of the day, they don't get to see them. Right. And parents can't always know every single aspect of, of, of you know, the mechanics of, of high school. And just the mecha- saying mechanics of high school incorporates so many things. It does. So, and we can go on for hours talking about all you the mechanics. Bet. But I think I think we should, what we should start with though is um, just from point point of view of a counselor, mm-hmm. you know, with students coming in, what are things that they should be thinking about and shouldn't be thinking about? Because there are certain things that students coming into high school as an incoming freshman that they should be aware of. But at the same time, I think and I've seen this as well. Some freshmen. Are, um, coming in are thinking about not necessarily the wrong things, but the things they sh- necessarily don't need to be thinking about at that point. For instance, you know, plenty of freshmen are already <laughs> coming in thinking about scholarships and, okay. and stuff like that. Okay. And, 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 um, Appreciate the energy. Right, right. The, the, the initiative is there. Right. But, you know, you're kind of trying to run before you start walking. Right. And so what are the main things you think incoming freshmen need to be aware of at least or should, I, should keep I, in That's mind? a great question. Um they need to know as much, if not everything, that we have to offer, mm-hmm. from academic courses to activities to athletics. Um, you know, we want our students to experience as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, um, at the forefront uh, are the studies, yeah, uh, the various the priority, subject right? areas. Yeah. But, but you know, that's not what creates a well-balanced student. Mm-hmm. Um, you know participating in, in organizations, whether it's a, a club or a sport. There's so many things a student can learn and grow from when being part of such an organization. We want them to experience that as well. Uh, because we know that a more rounded student, when they leave us, has a better chance mm-hmm. of being successful in whatever it is that they choose to pursue. So as important as studies are, we want the kids to be aware of the different clubs and organizations that they can be a part of to help enhance their development. 
mm. as a as a growing young lady or or man. Yeah, and and as a counselor, though, your role in in facilitating that growth, because I think a lot of times, well, at least the help that students require from counselors mainly, you know, schoolwork and stuff like that. Right. What are some aspects of of student life that you influence that encompass outside of academics? That's a great question. You know, um, we've had to do more than ever before work with students and families as it relates to social emotional yeah, um, exactly. concerns. Right. Um, um, even medical at times in assisting families with their student who may have a challenge mm. um, because of that. So our counseling is, is more than just academic guidance. Um, we do uh, counseling outside of that because we know that a student who um, is in a better place socially and emotionally um, will have a better chance of being successful in the classroom. Yeah. So we're trying to enhance that part of their development. And for many of them, unfortunately, um, they need some of that extra help and that extra support. Mm -hmm. So um, we recognize that as a counseling department. One of the things that uh, we will be doing in, in second semester, we're going to open up a wellness center. Oh, really? Uh, for students that can use some attention and some care um, that uh, no other facility on campus can provide. Mm -hmm. um, so um, maybe in a later episode, Dave, we can talk more details about yeah. that, but but certainly one that we've uh, jump-started last week. We presented it to the staff. I made a speech, mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's our plan moving forward come For January. Yeah, and I think it's a good, good time to kind of talk about this because sure. uh, I've not necessarily done research, but I have read into the idea of, you know, students on campus struggling, either behaviorally, academically, or, or emotionally, however, right? Sure. A lot of times stems, you know, we generally punish them with detention, or at least back then, I, I don't know, but we generally punish them detention-wise or, or, or suspension-wise without really acknowledging the root of the problem, per se. You know, behavior-wise, and there's plenty of stories out there with school districts that have changed the way they've approached behavioral issues. Yes. Uh, they changed it so that, you know, instead ask not what's wrong with you, but instead, you know, what's wrong around you right. that could perhaps be leading into these behaviors. Have you seen examples, or well, not necessarily concrete examples, but do you recognize that that environment, you know, perhaps family issues? No question. You know, environment, you know, stuff going around around them, bad neighborhoods, for instance, that could influence their academics. I, I mean, agree. You, you know, in, in counseling, we have a unique opportunity to spend maybe a little more time with students than the teacher can because of what the teacher's uh, in charge of having to do, which is teach. Yeah, yeah. We understand that. So we're fortunate to have uh, that ability to... Uh, not only get to know the student, but kind of get to know where they're from and some of their experiences. And we quickly learn that um, their environment um, is a challenge for them. Mm. Um, it challenges them to be a student because maybe the support, the resources aren't available at home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so uh, we acknowledge that, we recognize it, but, you know, that's the kind of, uh, you know, there are things that we need to do, trying to, to reach out to those families and communities that, that um, 
have some challenges as they try to um, work with their student. Um, I, you know, I, we're trying to uh, inform our teachers as well uh, as much as we possibly can about their students. Um, not always easy to do, and we have so many who have yeah, yeah. Uh, concerns. Um, but it's a, we hope that a wellness center as opposed to detention, exactly. Uh, yeah, as opposed to yeah. suspension, um, as you noted, you know, we don't know. We're working with limited information. All we oftentimes see is just the, the result, the result, the behavior, yeah. the outburst, whatever it might be, mm -hmm. um, and not taking the time to look a little deeper into the cause of yeah, it. Yeah, the buildup of all that. The yeah. buildup. So um, we will try through a wellness center to obtain that information and work with the students. It may mean the student not being in class for an extended period of time. And, and I don't have a problem with that. These kids need help. And the kind of counseling we've been doing up to this point isn't enough. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah. Can't do much with the student in 10 or 15 minutes because I got to get the student back to class. Yeah. We hope that um, in the spring our approach would be different. And we hope that the teachers, we believe they will be in support of this. Um, and listen, ultimately, um, I would rather have a, a happier, healthier student at the end of their four years um, than someone necessarily <laughs> earning a diploma yeah, or, but being miserable. Or better attendance for some reason. Yeah, that, no, yeah. absolutely. Um, so um, I, we believe we can achieve both. Right. And I think it's an issue of investment, right? You know, if you're investing 10 minutes for perhaps a, a solving an issue for a day mm -hmm. rather than, you know, taking your time, you know, perhaps through a wellness center, like you said, which I think is a fantastic idea, you know, spending a decent portion of time to ensure four years of mainly emotional stability, which I agree. And I, th I don't think any sort of academic success can come without emotional stability. Um, and I think this points to a more general trend of our generation, especially in, you know, Gen Z, our, you know, class of 2020 and beyond, right? Okay. Or, or 2019 and beyond, stuff like that. But there's a d definite trend towards the more, to more awareness of, of mental, um, mental health, mental health. Sure. Exactly. Exactly. Sure. And, you know, previously it could either been of stigma. It could have been, you know, the unawareness of such things that we just simply ignored it and said, you know what, you're just acting up with, let's just send you away. Or, you know what, you know, you're just born a troublemaker or something like that. Or, you know, you naturally just are a rebel. You, you just don't want to follow rules. Well, I'll take then. you further back. We used to use terms like ants in your pants when you couldn't sit still. Really? Oh now, my God. now it's, uh, it's ADD, ADHD. There's a diagnosis behind yeah. it. Um, so, so yeah, yeah we've come a long way. Yeah, well, we have, good. but, We're but you're good. right though, with your generation, the generation I'm still learning more about, um, that seems to be a focus mm. and certainly a concern. And, and I'm with you on that. And we hope that a wellness center can help address some of that and provide an environment where students can walk in and not feel like they're in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's either a and mindset. not be in trouble and not yeah, be no. in trouble. We yeah. don't want them to be in trouble. Yeah, it's either a mindset of "Oh my God, I'm being punished" versus a mindset of "They're here to help me." Right. Right. Because I think that's the that's the most dangerous thing. Right. Where a student, if they think they're in trouble, they won't be open for help. Right. Because they're right. just thinking, "You're just punishing me. Why am I supposed to right. take any advice?" Right. Right. Well, instead, if they're in the mindset, perhaps in a wellness center, where, you know, I am. I am here so that they can help me, 
right? That's the, the initial mindset is, is allows them to be more open for, for help. I think that's just amazing for what you guys are doing there. I appreciate that. Nick. Yeah. Um, but you did mention before, you know, how you spend different times with students other than teachers. But I think we, uh, s- some of us often forget the scale at which you guys have to work with. I mean, each class is 400 plus students. I mean, I know our class, class 2020 is like 460, I think. Right. Something around those, 472. But how do you how do you be able to, at the same time, micromanage case studies of students, but at the same time, have to deal with so many, right? I mean, it must it's, be a it's a challenge. Uh, uh, you know, back when I started, I actually had a caseload of 800. That's oh when Mer- that's yeah, when that Merced was when High was, was about yeah. 3,000, and the freshman class was about 800. Wow, Jesus! And that was my first year ever counseling. Talk about being overwhelmed. That's yeah. that was an understatement. <laughs> but um, you're right, though. We have so many groups of students that, um, as counselors. Um, we have to uh, make sure we meet uh, their needs and follow protocol. So I'll give you an example. We have English language learners on campus whose first language is not English. Well, that comes with a set of requirements when counseling them, protocols that we have to follow, and that's just one group. And then you have uh, students in foster care Mm -hmm. or students that are uh, homeless, um, there's uh, a process yeah. for them as well, uh, special ed students, students mm-hmm. in our resource program. Um, our AP students require mm-hmm. a different approach than our general ed students. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can probably name another five subgroups within the yeah, entire group just, of the student population. Yeah. Huge diversity. The neat thing is with counseling is that um, it's different every day. Yeah, that's true. You know, so and I appreciate, and, I, and I'm constantly learning um, as as I work with students and families. Um, uh, you know, they're sharing their experiences um, and gaining further insight um, of what it's like it has made me, I hope, mm-hmm. a better counselor. Yeah, um, and you mentioned the amount of diversity, and again, I'm just kind of you know trying to trying to you know. Uh, calculate or not calculate just comprehend the scale that you guys are working right because you have even if it's not 800 now 400 is still a lot of people that's like that's like a college level well and well the 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 american uh school counselors association the governing body Mm -hmm. that many districts throughout the country follow their recommendations 250 i'm just gonna throw that out there david oh my god (laughs) yeah that's yeah so you guys are working double listen i um we're doing the best we can, and, and we've been supported well by, by staff. And, and listen, the students have been, have been wonderful. I think they, too, recognize um, some of the difficulties uh, that teachers and educators have with, with the sheer numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been good. Yeah. They've been good to work with. Right. Um, there is a question, though, that I've always had with counselors is, is that I think you guys are um, – well, the, the amount of influence you can have on a student is limited by the fact that a student generally has to come to you, right? Cause in, in most cases. In, mo- in most cases because, you know, you have 400-plus students. It's not like you can go out to each and every one asking if they're doing all right. And it's a lot of self-managing on the student's part to be able to recognize that either they need help or they want to change something in their, you know, environment. Or, or, yeah, simply they just need help to actually come to you. Right. And, that, and they might not, depending on, you know, whether they feel uncomfortable doing so. Sure. Or they just simply don't recognize. And that's the worst part. You know, if they just don't see themselves in need of uh, a counselor's aid, 
Um, how, how do you how, how do you tackle that? Because really, the most help you can give to a student is however much help the student wants. I agree. Right. You know, we, we've gone out to the classroom. We use uh, emails um, yeah, yeah. to communicate with students. I, I, you know, one of the things that we try and do is make ourselves available even outside the office. So we present to the students kind of a different counselor under mm -hmm. a different light. Yeah. You know, so yeah. attending events, being outside during lunch hour, hopefully – will break down some of those concerns or yeah, barriers, barriers that, exactly. that yep. they might have yep. uh, when talking to us. Um, but uh, it, it does present a challenge. And most of our time, I have to admit, is spent with kids who have greater needs than others. Mm. Um, and it's been my experience, our high-achieving students uh, seem to be a little more independent mm -hmm. um, in their work um, and don't necessarily I – I can't say they don't require as much because they, they deserve – um, and certainly at times need uh -huh. um, some assistance, but it's different types of assistance. different types and frequency as well. Mm, yeah. So um, it does present a challenge, but listen, we, we as counselors, we got to make an effort. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we calendar out events. We'll script a week, identifying groups of students that we need to see, um, and we'll call them in. Mm -hmm. We will address those concerns um, in that fashion, but. You're right. For the most part, it's them coming to us. Mm -hmm. And and most of the time when they do come in, though, at least the students that you have identified, the, the, most of the time they're receptive, though, right, of the help? Or yes. are they more yes. or, or reserved? Well, th I, I would say most are receptive. Um, some come in with some reservations. Mm -hmm. um, but um, f for the most part, they've all been good. I can only speak to my grade level. Um, right, right. But, but, but having experienced all four grade levels over my career, you know, they've been good. Uh -huh. they, there are a few that um, are a little more guarded uh -huh. than others. Um, just note that that takes a little time. Yeah, there are strategies. To, there to are open strategies. Them up. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, as a reminder for our listeners, um, you're currently uh, counseling the freshman. Eleventh grade. Oh, sorry, juniors. sorry, junior year. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, so junior grade. Um, but you you have, however, counseled all four years yes, of I your have. career. Um, Anything, anything interesting from this junior year that you've seen that you either have not seen before or yeah, um, oh, yeah, a number of things. But one that jumps out are the number of juniors that are scheduled to graduate this year. Right. Yes, and I want to talk about that. Um, and this could definitely be saved for a whole other episode. I think it's a whole other episode, right. but we can touch on it though. Yeah, but um. You don't have to give a specific number, but is, is it like double digits here? I not, mean, quite, not quite, but I imagine after this year that number will only grow only wow. as more and more students will have the opportunity to take seven classes yeah, that's every true. year. That's true, right. Plus the relationship we formed with the community college where students can take courses there that will also count mm -hmm. as courses here. Yeah, dual enrollment, all those programs Absolutely. and all that. Absolutely. CCAP. Um, so if kids are taking advantage of it slowly, we anticipate it growing. Um, we're not at double digits, but I know of another school that uh, is, uh, is already there. There and then some. Oh, and then some. Oh, my God. And then God. some, Jesus. yeah. So uh, uh, I've got six listed right now, mm -hmm. current juniors. I'd heard one other site has as many as 20. 20. 20. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's um, – well, I can't say – like, personally, I can't really say I agree. It's, it's more out of personal fear of, sure. of, of growing up. But, 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 but again, I think um, you, there has been a definite positive trend, though, 
from it's been a trend I, the, of, the positive the trend i think remains to be seen now there are a couple that i have in my group that are graduating early that have their eyes set on a university and and, and i imagine they'll do well do most of them think of university graduating early? Or no, some most of my of? kids are looking at a community college. Oh, okay. Um, I think they're just seizing the opportunity to not be here, to uh-huh. uh, begin Take their adult life as we know it, college yeah. life, yeah, uh, a, a little sooner than maybe what we anticipated. Um, I do have concerns, but again, as you noted, it's a personal decision that I believe every family um, has had with their student. Yeah, or should thoroughly consider. Or should thoroughly have. Um, yeah. But uh, we do follow up with them. Mm. Uh, we have those conversations. We, we go through a list of checkpoints to make sure they've considered the following. Um, but they've all been on board, so they're well, moving forward. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to a much more deeper dive into that, that issue. Sure. Um, has, is skipping grades in high school, uh, like within a high school, like from a freshman to junior or sophomore to senior, is, is that is that common, at least well, either on this side or other sites? I, I can't say it's been a common trend in our district, uh, not until recently when we expanded to the seven-period day where credit earning opportunities picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, again, as I, as I said, I, I do have concerns, and I think you touched on it, you know, growing up too fast. Yeah, just a little um, bit. A little, a little bit. bit. So, um, no, I get it. But, uh, you know, I, I trust that the families uh, that I've communicated with will be there by their students' side as they move to the next level, mm. whether it be a university or community college. Right. So I think that about, you know, does it for our first, first episode of Council's Corner. Um, okay. I, I think I would like to um, recognize that this, this was um, Mr. Smooth's uh, original idea, which I took with leaping bounds because I knew this was a great idea. So thank you. For, uh, for, don't give for, me any credit for, for anything, for Dave. No, I mean, this was, is all you, buddy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to be able to collaborate more with the adult staff here on campus because, you know, obviously you guys have a lot of accumulated experience and knowledge uh, about everything that has to do with high school. And I think, uh, for me at least, I haven't yet tapped into that as much as I could. Right. So, again, thank you. Thank and, you, David. And thank you to our listeners for listening in on another episode. So, so yeah, we'll see you.